different. Well, these these change ups and times for recording, oh. they're fun. They are fun, but yeah. these last minute ones are like, oh, okay. Yeah, we gotta get going on it. We are recording at like four o'clock. <laughs> and do you have to put one up tomorrow? No, day after. Okay. But it's just we. It's different yeah. recording at like four o'clock in the afternoon. It really is. It really is. It's different. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. How are you doing? Fine. How are you? I'm good. It's going to get hot here soon. Well, yeah. I mean, that's just inevitable. Yeah, you might as well accept it, I guess. It happens every year. It sure does. Yeah, no no coolness for us. No, it goes from winter to about 60 to 70 degrees and then 100. The depths of hell. Yeah. Yeah. And then so, it's that way till, uh, oct- until the fair leaves. Yeah. So mid-October. What is going on here? <laughs> Why are we here? Why do we always ask that? I don't I know. know. What has kept us here, Lord Jesus? I don't know. It's so hot. <laughs> and I don't care to be hot. Now, question. Did you, you always hear about the, the woes of menopause? Yeah. Did you get like sweats and stuff? Uh huh. And did. I had it happened twice. I think I've told you that I was crying hysterically. I thought I'm dying. <laughs> I went and got in bed and like loud crying, like <laughs> till my hubs got home. You were sobbing. I was sobbing. That's I don't horrible. know what was wrong. Oh. Like I've got. I had to leave work. I was like, what <gasps> is? What is happening to me, Lord? Oh. Is something going to come out? Is Am I going to burst an alien? <laughs> like, why am I so, like deep sobs? Oh. The dogs looked at me like I was nuts. It's just <laughs> draining. I'm so done. Yeah. I told, I, I had a little procedure on my hand a week ago, and they had to do a pregnancy test on me. Oh. I was like, yeah, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> and uh, I go, listen, can listen while I'm in there, I'm going to be out. Just tell them to take care of a few things down there. Yeah. Let's get it all taken care of and cleaned out. Exactly. And they I, wouldn't do it. I said, ma'am, no. Ma'am. <laughs> no, ma'am. He's not trained for that. Right. He could do your hand. Yeah. But not the. I bet you he could figure it out. Oh, yeah. He's we a probably doctor. could. We could. Yeah. So you're doing good otherwise? Yes. How about you? Yeah. Everything's fine. Good. Everything's fine. That's all we can hope for. That's right. Amen. Yes. Would you like to start us in prayer? Sure. All right. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word today. I ask that you would increase my wisdom and understanding as I read. Speak to me through your word, Lord. I pray that your word would create in me a clean mind and a renewed heart. Hide your words in the folds of my heart for times of need by myself or others. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. We have not uh, recorded since Easter. How was your Easter? What in the heck? What? That's a while. Yeah, because we had recorded right before Easter. It was great. It was very good. All the children came. How about yours? It was nice. We went over to my brother-in-law's. Very so, nice. you know, his family was there. Some of uh, his wife's family was there. And then, uh, you know, my in-laws. And so it was, it was very nice. Good. It was a brunch. Oh, good. Yeah. Very nice. Well, there you go. Good. Yeah. Amen. Yes. 
So, all right, well, let's get cracking. Okay. We are going to be talking about 2 Samuel chapters 15 through 20 today, and let's recap chapters 8 through 14. God gave David and the Israelites many victories against opposing nations. David inquired about Saul's family and discovered Mephibosheth, one of Jonathan's sons, uh, was still alive, and David was very kind to him, providing farmland and food and servants. I still have a hard time with his name, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get it. Yeah. David's ambassadors were embarrassed by Ammonite leaders. If you remember, they, sh- they shaved off half of their beards and they cut their robes and stuff. David had relations with Bathsheba and ordered for her husband Uriah's death. The prophet Nathan told David the story of the rich man and poor man. David confessed to the Lord with much sincerity. Amnon raped his cousin Tamar, uh. who was David, the David's son, and then the daughter was Absalom and Tamar, just to refresh that. Uh, Absalom was patient but had Amnon killed. Uh, Absalom fled, but King David wanted him back. In Jerusalem, so they did reconcile. There we go. There we are. That's what happened. That was... Anything you want to add? No. Crazy. Yes. Yep. Moving on to chapter 15. Now, Absalom is starting a rebellion against his father, King David, and Ahithophel? How do you, do you know how to say that? That's what I'd say. Ahithophel. One of David's former advisors joined Absalom. Yeah. Uh, any notes for that part? Um, Absalom's political strategy was to steal the hearts of the people with his good looks, grand entrances, apparent concern for justice, and friendly embraces. Many were fooled and switched their allegiance. Later, however, Absalom proved to be an evil r- ruler. And then in 2 Samuel chapter 15, verse 13, a messenger soon arrived in Jerusalem to tell David, all Israel has joined Absalom in a conspiracy against you. So David and his household, they left right away, not only to save their own lives, but the people of Jerusalem as well. And he left 10 concubines behind. Any notes? Had David not escaped from Jerusalem, the ensuing fight might have killed him as well as many innocent inhabitants of the city. Some fights that we think necessary can be costly and destructive to those around us. In such cases, it may be wise to back down and save the fight for another day, even if doing so hurts our pride. It takes courage to stand and fight, but it also takes courage to back down for the sake of others. Yeah. Yeah. And then Zadok, the high priest, and the rest of the Levites were loyal to David and joined David with the Ark of the Covenant. Um, And Amy, would you mind reading verses 25 and 26, please? Then the king instructed Zadok to take the Ark and go back into the city. If the Lord sees fit, David said, he will bring me back to see the Ark and the tabernacle again. But if he is through with me, then let him do what seems best to him. So he has, David has a good idea of what's going on. He's still trusting God. Yeah. And uh, putting the people first, you know. Yep. For their, for their um, safety. Yes. Now along the journey, David's journey, he told his friend Hushai 
to return to Jerusalem and become one of Absalom's advisors, but only because he he wanted to put him there to frustrate Absalom and yeah. to kind of stir things up a little bit and so he could report back to David. Okay, yes. Now that's all I had for chapter 15. Did you have anything you want to talk about? I have a note. Okay. Um, David needed spies in Absalom's court to inform him of Absalom's decisions by sending Hushai to Absalom as a supposed traitor to David. Hushai could offer advice contradictory to Ahithophai's advice. Ahithophai had become Absalom's advisor. He was also Bathsheba's grandfather. Oh, mm. he was. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Okay. And uh, also where he says, um, let if God is done with me, then let him do what what seems best to him like he's always already he's always saying that god's will be done with me yes yeah anything else that's it okay so chapter 16 along king david's travels a man named shammai yelled and threw stones at the king's i called it a posse but the group of people he was with shammai was from saul's family but i tell you though he was a little belligerent with it oh yeah yeah um, and in verses 7 and 8, Get out of here, you murderer, you scoundrel, he shouted at David. The Lord is paying you back for all the bloodshed in Saul's clan. You stole his throne, and now the Lord has given it to your son Absalom. At last you will taste some of your own medicine, for you are a murderer. David's military leader, Abishai, wanted to kill the man, but the king understood the situation. So many times he could have harmed oh. someone else. Yeah. But no. Nope. Would you please read verses 11 through 13, please? Then David said to Abishai and to all his servants, My own son is trying to kill me. Doesn't this relative of Saul have even more reason to do so? Leave him alone and let him curse, for the Lord has told him to do it. And perhaps the Lord will see that I am being wronged and will bless me because of these curses today. So David and his men continued down the road, and Shemai kept pace with them on a nearby hillside, cursing as he went and throwing stones at David and tossing dust into the air. Ah, come on, Shemai. Oh, Shemai, yeah. Um, any notes for that first part? Um, David believed Ziba's charge against Mephesoveth without checking into it or even being skeptical. He believed it. Don't be be hasty to accept someone's condemnation of another, especially when the accuser may profit from the other's downfall. David should have been skeptical skeptical of Ziba's comments until he checked them out for himself. If getting back to Absalom, his side, so he and his group, his posse, arrived at Jerusalem, and Ahithophi is it fire or fell? Ahithophi. His for, the former counselor, he was present and Hushai had just arrived. And Absalom was looking to him for his first move and suggested in verses 21 and 22, go and sleep with your father's concubines, for he has left them there to look after the palace. Then all Israel will know that you have insulted your father beyond hope of re- reconciliation, and they will throw their support to you. So they set up a tent on the palace roof where everyone could see it, and Absalom went in and had sex with his father's concubines. 
I guess that was probably the most disrespectful thing yeah. that you could do. Yeah, I think so. Mm. I really do, yeah. Do you think that concubines at any point, and I'm not being sassy, were like, what? we're here by ourselves. What are we supposed to do? I'm just wondering, like, I their know. mindset in that situation. Yeah, and of course, leave the women there. <laughs> Do we get a, a knife or a dagger or something in case yeah. someone comes? Yeah. Yeah, I know. I thought that too. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, any any notes for the rest of that chapter? Ahithophel Fel was an advisor to Absalom. Most rulers had advisors to help them make decisions about governmental and political matters. They probably arranged the king's marriages as well because they were usually politically motivated unions. But God made Ahithophel's advice seem foolish, just as David had prayed. Yeah, and just a, another great example of David being patient, listening to God, where Absalom was just listening to man. That's, yes. Anything else for 16, Amy? No. Okay, so moving on to chapter 17, Absalom looked to Hushai for his advice. Ahithophel recommended an army go after King David that night, but Hushai, who was, you know, his main job was to kind of frustrate the situation, yes. suggested a different strategy when, which would bring, uh, secretly bring David victory. Any notes for there? Hushai appealed to Absalom through flattery. And Absalom's vanity became his own trap. Hushai predicted great glory for Absalom if he personally led the entire army against David. Pride goes before destruction is an appropriate comment on Absalom's ambitions. Mm. And Hushai got word to his messengers what Absalom's plans were. And Ahithophel took the news very seriously that his plans were not to be implemented. He ended up going to his hometown and hanging himself. I, so sad. Goodness. Yeah. Anything else for there, Amy? I have, is this all of 17? Mm-hmm. Anything you want. Joab and Amasa were David's nephews and Absalom's cousins. Because Joab had left Jerusalem with David, Amasa took his place as commander of Israel's troops. Moving on to Psalm 3. Yes. The author is David, and the theme is confidently trusting God for protection and peace. And it said um, in a little insert in the Bible here, of the more than 70 Psalms attributed to David, at least 13 of them are connected with specific events in his life. From them, we see an outline of a growing relationship with God. I love stuff like that. I do too. Just gives us a, a nice overview of what's going on. Yes. Were there any um, verses in there that stood out to you? I liked where it said, um, for verse 4, I cried out to the Lord. He answered me from his holy mountain. And then the note is, God's holy mountain was Mount Moriah in Jerusalem, the place where David's son Solomon would build a temple, build the temple. David knew that God could not be confined to any space, but he wrote poetically expressing confidence that God would hear him when he prayed. God responds to us when he when we earnestly pray to him. Mm -hmm. uh, I had highlighted the verse before that, verse 3. But you, O Lord, are a shield around me. You are my glory, the one who holds my head high. Oh, that's so lovely. 
gives you such hope. Yes. Yes, it does. Any notes you wanted to talk about? Um, I have one. It says, David's call for God to act reveals his desire for justice against his persecutors. David himself had been slapped and insulted, and here he simply asked for equal treatment for his enemies. He did this not out of personal revenge, but for the sake of God's justice. Psalm 3.8 shows the humility behind David's words when he realized that faith in God's timing was the answer to his question about the success the wicked had unfairly achieved. So Psalm 3, 7 and 8 says, Arise, O Lord, rescue me, my God. Slap all my enemies in the face. Shatter the teeth of the wicked. Victory comes from you, O Lord. May you bless your people. Yeah. So that's the those are the verses you were just talking about. Yes. And if you didn't have notes, you know, you could think so many things. Right. Yeah. Anything else for Psalm 3? No, that's all I had. Okay, so moving to Psalm 63, the author's David, and the theme is a desire for God's presence, provision, and protection. No matter where we are, our desire should be for God because only he satisfies fully. Yes. And I thought we could just read all of Psalm 63. Oh, okay. It's relatively short. Yeah. And would you mind reading it? Not at all. Okay. Oh God, you are my God. I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. I have seen you in your sanctuary and gazed upon your power and glory. Your unfailing love is better than life itself. How I praise you. I will praise you as long as I live, lifting up my hands to you in prayer. You satisfy me more than the richest feast. I will praise you with songs of joy. I lie awake thinking of you, meditating on you through the night. Because you are my helper, I sing for joy in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your strong right hand holds me securely. But those plotting to destroy me will come to ruin, will come to ruin. They will go down into the depths of the earth. They will die by the sword and become the food of jackals. But the king will rejoice in God. All who trust in him will praise him, while liars will be silenced. Love it. It's so good. It's so beautiful. And it's always uplifting God. Yeah. It's always the focus on him. Yes. Because mm -hmm. he knows that God will take care of the evil and, you know, the the people who are persecuting him yes. and, and all that. Everything. Yeah. Were there any notes uh, for Psalm 63? Yes. During sleepless, uncomfortable nights, David thought about God. Instead of counting sheep, he meditated on his shepherd. He reviewed all the ways God had already helped him, and he greeted the next day with songs of praise. In quiet moments or wakeful nights, make it a point to count, to count examples of God's faithfulness to you. Doing so is far more likely to give you rest than any other items you might count. Have you ever, like, say you're going through something, have you ever prayed and afterwards just felt relief? Yes. Yeah, me too. Um, and I learned something a couple weeks ago about in our trials, we're supposed to pray, like be so thankful and thank them for them. And I always believed, you know, our trials are for a reason. 
they make us closer to him, but I never thought of that. Mm. So I feel like since I've done that, I feel a relief. Okay. More of a relief, you know, saying thank you for this trial. I know your will's going to be done. You know, just... Do you think because it's 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 all for him, for God, knowing that he, he is going to take care of all of yeah. it? And we know he will. Mm-hmm. But I think we get caught up humanly. I was just thinking about that um, yesterday. Just having that kind of relief after you really just kind of sit and pray earnestly or just sit and talk to God. Yeah. He knows what's going on, but just to kind of communicate. And you feel better after that. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Mm. Even just sitting still, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Just to have that peace. Yeah. Just to, yeah, I agree with you. 100%. Anything else for there? No. Okay, moving moving on to chapter 18. King David was going to go out with his troops to battle Absalom, but they pleaded for him to stay. And in verse 5, And the king gave his command to Joab, Abishai, and Ittai, For my sake, deal gently with young Absalom. And all the troops heard the king give this order to his commanders. So they knew how to handle Absalom when they when they came upon him. Yeah. The battle took place. Absalom tried to escape, but his hair got caught on some low branches while he was riding away. And so he's just dangling there. Yeah. One of the soldiers saw it, told Joab, hey, listen, this is what's going on. I didn't kill him. And Joab got upset. He's like, what, what do you mean? So Joab went over there and... and Stabbed him in the heart with three daggers. Uh, but it didn't kill him. In verse 15, Amy, if you wouldn't mind reading that real quick, we find out what happens. Ten of Jacob's young armor bearers then surrounded Absalom and killed him. So, yeah, so Absalom's body was then thrown in a pit. That quick? Yeah, with a huge heap of stones over it, uh. and the news was, was relayed to King David. Uh, In verse 33, we learn the king was overcome with emotion. He went up to the room over the gateway and burst into tears. And as he went, he cried, Oh, my son Absalom, my son, my son Absalom, if only I had died instead of you. Oh, Absalom, my son, my son. It's so sad. Yeah. It's kind of the same, kind of the same thing that happened with Saul. Saul just kept persecuting him and persecuting him, but he he still had love for this for this for him. And of course, this is his son. And even though Absalom was trying to, you know, overtake him and whatnot, I mean that's his son. He loves him. He does. Yeah. Any notes for there? Why was David so upset over the death of his rebel son? David realized that he, in part, was responsible for Absalom's death. Nathan the prophet had said that because of David. Because David had killed Uriah, his own sons would be, would rebel against him. David was angry at Joab and his officers for killing Absalom against his wishes. David truly loved his son, and even though Absalom did nothing to deserve his love, it would have been kinder and more loving to deal with Absalom and his runaway ego when he was younger. And we've heard about that before, how the men were kind of just hands off. Yeah. I mean, just looking at it, you know, mm-hmm. from here. That'd be so sad knowing that your son is just dead in a pit. Yeah. So sad. Gosh. I know. 
Okay, anything else for chapter 18, Amy? No, got it, good. Okay, so moving on to 19. Absalom grieved for his son, but Joab told the king he needed to congratulate his troops on the victory or he may lose them. Anything for there? At times we must reprove those in authority over us. Job knew, knew he was risking the king's displeasure by confronting him, but he saw what had to be done. Job told David that there would be dreadful consequences if he didn't commend the troops for their victory. Joab's actions are a helpful example to us when we when personal confrontation is necessary. One note I wanted to add in there, just a few days before, most of Israel was supporting the rebel ruler Absalom. Now the people wanted David back as their king. Because crowds are often fickle, there must be a higher moral code to follow than the pleasure of the majority. Following the moral principles given in God's word will help you avoid being swayed by popular opinion. That type of mentality, yeah. if you want to call it, was going on back then. People can be swayed. Yeah, they Easily. can. Yeah. And that's been going on oh, forever. Forever, yeah. Moving on in chapter 19, King David was finally given the okay to return by the elders of Judah. And David appointed Amasa as the commander of his army. Did you have any note for, for there? David's appointment of Amasa was a shrewd political move. First, Amasa had been commander of Absalom's army by making Amissa his commander, David would secure the allegiance of the rebel army. Second, by replacing Joab as commander-in-chief, David pursued, punished him for his previous crimes. Third, Amasa had a great deal of influence over the leaders of Judah. All of these moves would help him to un unite the kingdom. King David was now on his way back to Jerusalem, and along the way, Shemai pleaded for forgiveness, and David spared his life. So this is wow. the man who was throwing stuff at him oh, and yes. cursing him. Mephibosheth came from Jerusalem to greet him. Barzillai, the old and wealthy man who fed the king during this time, helped escort David across the Jordan River. So now we have all these people coming yes. out to, to welcome him back. The men of Israel and Judah bickered back and forth over who would escort the king across the Jordan River. Any notes for the rest of 19? David could not be certain of Bithosheth or Ziba was in the right, and scripture leaves the question unanswered, for the whole story is in Metashapheth, on Metashapheth. See 2 Samuel 9, verses 1 through 13, 16, 1 through 4. Okay, so moving on to chapter 20. Now we have Sheba coming along, who disliked King David. Yeah. Amy, would you mind reading uh, verse 1, please? There happened to be a troublemaker there named Sheba, son of Bichri, a man from the tribe of Benjamin. Sheba blew a ram's horn and began to chant, Down with the dynasty of David, we have no interest in the son of Jesse. Come on, you men of Israel. Back to your honest, back to your homes. Wow. So just when David's dealing with all this stuff, here comes Sheba. Here comes. And the men of Israel did just that. 
But the men from Judah remained and assisted King David back to Jerusalem. David felt Sheba's rebellion would cause more harm than Absalom's, and there was an urgency to take care of the situation before Sheba became unreachable. Along the way, Joab met up with Amasa, who he murdered. Amasa's troops paired up with Joab and the Israelite soldiers to capture Sheba, who then attacked Abel Beth Maka. <laughs> is that how you say it? I guess. In search of Sheba, that is, until a woman intervened. And in verse 19, she says, I am one who is peace-loving and faithful in Israel, but you are destroying an important town in Israel. What? Why do you want to devour what belongs to the Lord? And Joab explained why they were there, and they didn't intend to destroy the city, and they'll leave if Sheba, handed, uh, if Sheba was handed over. So the woman left, and sure enough, Sheba's head was thrown over to Joab. Oh my God, yeah. There it was. They took care of it. Mm-hmm. Any notes for chapter 20? Benaniah, Benaniah was the captain of David's bodyguard and a famous member of that special group of mighty men called the 30. He remained, he remained loyal to David during Absalom's rebellion. Later, he helped establish Solomon as king and eventually replaced Joab as commander of the Israel army. Joab's men were attacking the city, and it looked as if it would be destroyed. Though women in that society were usually quiet in public, this woman spoke out. She stopped Joab's attack, not with weapons, but with wise words and a plan of action. Often the courage to speak a few sensible words can prevent great disaster. That is, I thought that was important because we forget the times. Mm -hmm. Women didn't speak out like that. No. That wasn't their place. No. She could have gotten some big trouble. I mean, I would imagine they could have killed her and and nothing would have happened because of it. Not a thing. Just let everybody... Yeah. Nothing would happen. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, so the last one, the last chapter we're, we're focusing on is Psalm 7. David's the author, and the theme is a request for justice against those who make slanderous comments. God is the perfect judge and will punish those who persecute the innocent. Mm-hmm. Were there any verses that stood out to you? I have five. Um, then let my enemies capture me. Let them trample me into the ground and drag my honor in the dust. Then six. Arise, O Lord, in anger. Stand up against the fury of my enemies. Wake up, my God, and bring justice. And then I have a note. Uh-huh. Have you ever been falsely accused or so badly hurt that you wanted revenge? Instead of taking matters into his own hands and striking back, David cried out to God our Lord for justice. The proper response to slander is prayer, not revenge, because God says, I will take revenge, I will pay them back. Instead of striking back, as God ask God to take your case, bring justice, and restore your reputation. Good, huh? Yes. I've been on that end of something. I'm sure you have too. Sure, yeah. And you finally get to the point with the only person I have to answer to is the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know? And it might be very frustrating. Oh. Here's here's something. That's so weird that, that you read that. Okay, so <laughs> after my, my little hand procedure, my in-laws drove me home sitting in the back seat. 
and we're at a stoplight and I, I look over to my right and there's two cars that are stopped at the stoplight. One gal gets out and is yelling at the guy that's oh. behind her. They're yelling back and forth. So I don't know what's been going on with those two. Oh. Road rage of some sort. No kidding. Yell, 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 back and forth, back and forth. She keys the, the hood of his car. <gasps> he rams her car. The whole point is, God's going to take care of it. Yeah, what a mess. Of course it's frustrating. Yeah. Of course it is. But you know what? Let that other person go. Exactly. Just pray for them. And I know that's not easy to say no. when you are in traffic and someone is making you mad because we have been there. Oh, yeah. Just pray for them. Just pray to take, and for God to take the hate out. Yeah. Because it's frustrating sometimes. Mm -hmm. But, you know. Oh, I, you know, what if someone had a gun? You know what? That's what Chris said. He's like, ha, ha. she didn't know, like, or he, him, either one of them could no. have had a gun. Easily. Yeah. And the way they were, they were really heated, you know, you lose control. Yeah. In the heat of the moment. Yeah. yeah. The verses that I had picked out for Psalm 7 were 9 and 10. End the evil of those who are wicked and defend the righteous. For you look deep within the mind and heart of righteous God. God is my shield, saving those whose hearts are true and right. Oh, and then the note for that part, God looks deep within the mind and heart. Nothing is hidden from God. This can be either terrifying or comforting. Our thoughts are an open book to him because God knows even our motives. We have no place to hide, no way to pretend we can get away with sin. But that very knowledge also gives us great comfort. We don't have to impress God or put up a false front. Instead, we can trust God to help us work through our weaknesses in order to serve him as he planned. When we truly follow God, he rewards our efforts. Mm. Beautiful. Yeah. And then, it, can I read the other note? Of course. Okay. Yeah, you go right ahead. When allowed to run its course, evil destroys itself. Violent people become victims of violence and liars become victims of others' deceit. In the process, however, innocent people are hurt. Sometimes God intervenes and stops evildoers in their tracks in order to protect his followers. At other times, for reasons known only to him, God allows evil to continue, even though innocent people are hurt. It is during these times that we must ask God to protect us. Remember that God will execute final justice, although it may not be during our lifetime. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. Like, you may not see it on this human side, but it will be done. Mm-hmm. Yes, I love that. Or even, and we've talked about it before, even on that other person's end. Yes. Like, we just don't know. We don't know. That's all I had. Did you have anything else? I do have one more note. Yes. It says, during a time of great evil and injustice, David was grateful that God was just and fair. When we wonder if anyone is honest and fair, we can be assured that God will continue to bring injustice, bring justice and fairness when we involve him in our activities. If you ever feel that you are being treated unfairly, ask the one who is always fair and just to be with you. Then thank him for his presence. That's nice. Yeah. I like that. Me too. 
It's good. It was. It's good. I love those psalms in here. Oh my gosh! Oh. When we get to the meat and potato of psalms, oh. I, we're gonna be in tears. It's beautiful. It really is. I always think of a garden with flowers hanging down. Do you? I don't know why. Yeah, that's nice. Huh? Who knows? Uh, so no other notes. That's all for I there? had. You know, I wanted to talk real quick uh, about. We went to go see uh, Daryl Strawberry speak. There was a sign up that Daryl Strawberry was speaking at a local church. Now, for those who don't know, Daryl Strawberry in the 80s was a magnificent baseball oh. player. I mean, just watch his highlights. Like, go to YouTube and look at his highlights. An amazing player. Um, but he had he had demons of his own, you know. And um, I really had no idea that he had turned his life around many years ago. He got clean, um, and he turned to the Lord. His, he, you know, he says that his wife was really the one that kind of pulled him out. That God mm. was with her and and pulled him out. And he does a lot of speaking engagements now. And so he he tells his story, and it's very good. He's a he, he's a very natural speaker. Yeah. Uh, and if you have the opportunity to to listen to him, it's worth it. He also um, has a ministry online, and wow. I, I don't remember off the top of my head what it is. Okay. But it, I think it shows all of his speaking engagements and what his ministry is about and his story. It's very good. It's, it's so neat to hear stories like that. Yes, it is. And it's good to support him. Yeah. 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 Because you see where he was, and especially for for all the people who knew who he was back yes. in the day. And I remember a lot of the stories about him and Dwight Gooden and, oh, and all yeah. that. It was crazy. Yeah. I remember we would see him when we go to the Giants game. Yeah. Yeah. What? Something else. Yeah. Thank God he's speaking up. Isn't it so nice yes. that, that God put him in that position? To speak now to others oh. who can relate to him. Yeah. Love it. You know, and he's he even says, you know, I've been to the top of the mountain and there's nothing up there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. He's like, I've had it all and there's nothing there. There's nothing there. No. Not the Lord. No. No. Love it. Yeah, so that yeah. was really nice. Oh, good. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. So let's give out some information. The email is basicbiblestudy19 at gmail.com. Facebook.com slash My Basic Bible Study, and the website is MyBasicBibleStudy.com. Next time, I believe we're finishing up 2 Samuel. Oh. So we have 2 Samuel chapter 21 with the parallel verse, 1 Chronicles 20, verses 4 through 8. 2 Samuel chapter 22 with the parallel of Psalm 18. 2 Samuel chapter 24, verses 1 through 17, and the parallel is 1 Chronicles 21, 7 through 17. Finally, 2 Samuel 24, verses 18 through 25, with the parallel 1 Chronicles 21, verses 18 through uh, 22, 1. So, oh, wow. chapter 21, verses 18, all the way through chapter 22, 1. Okay. And all of that is on the Facebook uh, page as well. Great. So you don't have to remember all that. It'll be there. But that's it, friend. Well, that was a quick one. It kind of was. Yeah, but it was lovely. It was. It was really good. 
Thank you, everyone. Have a blessed week. Yes, have a blessed week. Thank you.